Hey tribe, this is your girl Shakina and I'm with my girls Tor and Shara and we are the Black Woman Reborn. This is a podcast where we have raw, honest, captivating, and informative conversations about issues that affect Black women in their personal and professional lives. Welcome to the tribe. Hey, tribe. Welcome back to another tribe meeting. How are you doing tonight, ladies? Good, good. I'm doing quite well. That's great. So, you know, last um meeting we talked about that we would discuss cancel culture so let's dive right into cancel culture so I was doing a little research because I wanted to see where did cancel culture start how did it get big and basically everywhere I found they're crediting this all to black twitter where it's been used as a hashtag um urban dictionary classifies cancel as to dismiss something or somebody, to reject an individual or an idea. We have, especially right now, for like 2019 to 2020, you've even had a lot of um, people in politics jumping onto cancel culture. And I found numerous articles about cancel culture. I found one whole article where, um, you know, the uh, the leader of this country stated basically that cancel culture needs to be ended. It's horrible. It's a disgrace. It's not American. You know, all this different stuff that he said in his interview. Um, I have where cancel culture is how the powerful play victim. And I thought that was very interesting considering that Black Twitter is who created cancel culture. So saying that we are powerful I think is a um, double-edged sword. You know, one end, yes, we're powerful enough to be able to say this person has said X, Y, and Z. So now we're coming for their job. We're coming for their career. Um, We want an apology, et cetera. But then on the other side, we're not really that powerful in the sense of it takes all of us coming together collectively to get this respect, so to speak. How do you guys feel about that? So I agree. I think that um, it is very, that we are um, powerful when it comes to cancel culture. It's about us realizing the power that we have. I think that it is beyond time that we start to hold political figures, celebrities accountable. But I do think that we have to respect the fact at the same time that people are human and allow them to learn from their mistakes. So I go back and forth between how long do we cancel a person after they've handled whatever mistake that they've done correctly? And what is the correct way when you have messed up? The definition that you gave, Tor, um, first off, it's just so loaded, right? So I just kind of want to backtrack and just put a point of emphasis in Black Twitter right? Like, let's not breathe over that. The fact that Black Twitter, um, which is basically, when you think about it, a subculture within a culture. And that's, I mean, it's really reflective of who we are as a Black people um, and the power of 
whenever we engage in any part of culture in society, we completely change it, right? Just on a larger scale and just looking at Twitter itself and the power that we have, like just the fact that Twitter and the subculture of Black Twitter has so much clout, that should remind us how much power we actually have. And the fact that you have so many people from different races starting to use cancel this person, cancel that because of Black Twitter, my goodness, I'm, I'm just, I have to drink to that. It, it's just, it says so much about how much clout we have and we do not give ourselves enough credit. And like you said, there are prominent figures who follow Black Twitter, right? So, I mean, we cannot have this episode after the Red Table Talk and not at least say one thing about the Red Table Talk. But Will and Jada felt inclined to address everything that was going on because of Black Twitter. And Will said that, right? So it's just like Black Twitter has this, this power to it behind it. But you know, with that, so I was, one of the things I was shocked about is that Black Twitter did not jump to cancel Jada. I was very shocked by that. Black Twitter was all in uh, up in arms about canceling August because he came out, he broke the code, he you know he leaked his dirty laundry, but no one is talking about the fact that Jada literally used a person who was in a vulnerable state, who she said on her own interview was in a vulnerable state, mentally, physically, emotionally. And then that she also was in a state of emotional distress and she used him to make herself feel better. But for some reason, there's this culture of praising Jada for, you know, being able to heal and being able to, you know, do what she did and be honest about it. I, I, I feel like that's, that's some of the issue with cancel culture. I don't think she was honest on the fully honest with herself on Red Table Talk. I don't even think that she was really even ready to come to the table. Anytime that you come to the table, bring yourself, you initiate bringing yourself to the table and your partner who you have mended a relationship with and you guys have quote unquote said that you put something behind you and they have to then drag it out of you to really say what something is she wasn't ready yeah that too i definitely think that but what i'm still shocked about is the fact that that is one thing that when we talk about cancel culture and how um vibrant cancel culture is right now that's the one time that i thought they would have jumped to cancel someone and they did not I feel like you see Will getting more flat than you do Jada. Absolutely. The memes against him are horrific and hilarious at the same time, but he is really taking on the brunt of this situation, unfortunately. Well, I think that's because, you know, we talk about the subculture, right? The subculture of Black Twitter in itself. So I think there's a subculture, even within Black Twitter, of Black feminists. And I think a lot of times Black feminists and Black women are the ones who kind of lead a lot in this because we are the ones that's going to have quote unquote Twitter fingers. 
So I think if we really kind of like look at the data and the analytics of who's behind like the power of Black Twitter, it's probably Black women. So a lot of times what I've seen over the past couple of days, and I'm not necessarily on Twitter, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram and more so on Instagram, more active there. But what I've seen is women kind of rallying around Jada um, and kind of saying, yes, Jada, go girl. This is what I'm talking about. Kind of almost making it as if it was kind of in a powering moment, right? Like, you know, hey, if that was a man, it wouldn't be no problem. You know, so I think that women are trying to change the narrative of what really, really happened when you think about technically, you know, I was reading this one, this, this one just, you know, analyzation of how things went down in which the woman said, when you really looked at how things went down, Jada can be considered a predator. And when I first read it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And it was because it was such a strong message, but when I thought about it and I took my, you know, initial feelings about Jada and supporting her and loving her work aside and just looked at the facts of how everything went happen between what August said and she said, that's when I realized, you know what, this person is actually right. You know, and everything that she said tore about August being in a very vulnerable state, that was her son's friend. All of those things, it just kind of lined up with, you know what? This was a situation where she could have come off to be a predator. No one's going to look at it like that because you have the Black woman, who in my mind kind of do a lot of the leading on Black Twitter, which have already changed the narrative. And that's what we have to look at. Now, you do have Black men on there um, who do have strong feelings about people who should be canceled. Um, Personally, should Jada be canceled? I I would not say so. I think that whole situation was just very messy. I think it wasn't the world's business in the beginning. Um, And I think the more that it opened up, the more confusing it got. And, you know, unfortunately, I think August was a victim in the situation, if you ask me. I really do. And I think he was hurt. And I think that he waited so long because he wanted them to hurt just as much as he is hurting. So, like, Shara, let's jump into that. So you say that you don't think she should be canceled because of um, the fact that it wasn't really the public's business. But let's think about the people historically who have been canceled. It really wasn't anybody's business, but yet and still we canceled them. And I do believe that if the tables were turned and that was Will who used one of Willow's friend, female friends who were vulnerable, who was facing, you know, basically at death's door um, with illness and going through all these different things. And yet he used his power and his, um, his own pain to build a, a entanglement, as she says, with him, I mean, with her. We would have been jumping down Will's throat. We have been saying, okay, wait a minute, he need to be canceled. He this, he that, who else has he messed with? You would have had Me Too movement jumping on him. Everybody would have been jumping on him. So I do think in the sense of when you talk about grooming people and when you talk about using your position of power, using your position of um, being in a state where you, you using it, I'm helping you narrative. And you, like she said, I did it because I wanted to feel good about myself. Oh, that was such, that was so harsh. Well, let, let me say, let me, if I could jump in for a second. 
who are we to say though that when she went into this um this situation originally and she had an honest concern about him and worried about him and saw that he was going through and um will even talked about just how because he was going through everything that's how he they they got so close with him and trying to help him we can't say that that's what she went in with her intentions but one thing that we don't have any control over sometimes is who we fall in love with or who we start liking in certain situations now granted this isn't always put um on like you said tor where we think about that in a man's perspective but who's to say that when she originally started helping him and when it got to that point where she started feeling certain feelings for him that she was in a predator predator mode she could have really had genuine feelings about him and that's true but i think when you make the statement when you make the statement to say I did this because I wanted to feel better about myself. That tells me intent. You know, like, I, and I think we, anybody could have that argument. We could have that argument with R. Kelly. We could have R. Kelly went. And no, you that's not true because R. Kelly was dealing with children. And, and I mean, at twenty, young, he is not a child. He was over the age of 18. He was over the age of 21. He may have been vulnerable, but he's not a child. You cannot compare her to um, R. Kelly. No, I'm not comparing her to R. Kelly. What I'm saying is you have people who said that R. Kelly was helping these women, helping these girls get out of bad situations and helping them with their career. And then they fell in love with him. And so what I'm saying is, and you have people that said, well, they fell in love with him at 16 and 17. So technically it wasn't bad or whatever. So when you, what I'm saying is, how do we get to a point within council culture? And this is where I think a lot of people have difficulties with council culture, because there is no across the board of what we're going to cancel, what we're not going to cancel, who gets a pass, who doesn't get a pass. Um, we can look at Bill Cosby, who those people were of age. And did he deserve to be canceled? Yes, he deserved to be canceled. If, if, if this is true, he was giving them things that would change their mental state of mind. That is not what Jada did, I feel like, to even compare her to those two people. No, I'm not saying she did that. But what I'm saying, when you talk about someone's mental state, being in an impaired state that's whether it's emotional if you're in a place of depression illness and everything you still don't have to say this is exactly i remember before when we were talking about this and we talked about people who are considered um mentally unstable or mentally insane it's a reason why you're not allowed to have sex with them when they're in that state because they don't have the ability to make rational decisions so what i'm saying is was he in a state of mind to make a rational decision. And honestly, if you look at the way he came about it in uh, in an interview and you look at even what he's been saying on Twitter and on Instagram, just coming at anybody and everybody, it seems like he was not in a mental state to handle all that came with that. Do, is she compared to R. Kelly? No, R. Kelly was a, a straight up 
Predator, Rapist, Bill Cosby. Yes, both deserve very well deserve to be canceled. I'm not saying she is direct, uh, directly parallel to them. What I'm saying, though, is that when we talk about cancel culture and we talk about what a predator is, a predator can can be both male and female. No, right. absolutely. So I, I think so. I don't. For me, well, let's take a let's take another step back because you know we've been spending in my mind we shouldn't be giving as much energy to Will and Jada and that whole situation. So I want to take a step back really quick, if we can, Tor, to talk about what cancel culture is. Like, we just dive right in, but, like, let's let's try to define what it means, if you don't mind. And I think that's, going back to what um, I said originally, was to dismiss something or somebody to reject an individual or an idea there's really no concrete definition of cancel culture other than the fact that I don't agree with you said what you've said or what you've done. And right. because of that, now I want you canceled. Right. And it's, it's the whole idea is that you are supposed to collectively stop supporting this person in any way, shape or form. Right. So the reason why cancel culture doesn't work is because of what we're seeing even in this this episode is that even the three of us have different ideas of what is right what we think what we don't believe which parts we believe which parts we don't and that's how it happens you cannot expect for an entire community of black twitter users to all agree on something so much that they want to cancel a person. It never happens. And that's why cancel culture, that's where it fails. It also fails because you have a group of people who are so active on social media and you who have that, um, you know, you might as well say millennials and younger, your Gen Zers and all of those people who really technically as cliche as it may sound, have the ADHD mindset. So it doesn't work because guess what? We canceled Jada today, 12 hours later. They don't forgot about Jada and they have moved on to the next topic. Now, I think cancel culture can be a powerful tool. I think when cancel culture first started out, it was a powerful tool. Um, and I think now it is so overused and misused. It's like everything else that when we develop something within our subculture and then it becomes mainstream and it's watered down, it always happens that way. It, it just loses its value in my mind. And that's what happens to cancel culture because cancel culture could be a powerful form of protest as in my mind, it was intended to be, but it's no longer that. You know, cancel culture was a form of boycotting. It, it truly was. Um, and, and, but now it's turned into this, shaming you know we're, we're like you said the both of you brought out like it's this this just kind of conundrum of who we're canceling who we're not we can't make a decision and we can't agree we're canceling the wrong people which i know we're going to get into the right people are not getting canceled the the wrong people are getting all of those things fall in line with this you know and i, I kind of when i thought about how cancel culture is a form of boycott so i re-looked up the word boycott and what it means and boycotting is to withdraw from commercial or social relations with right so when you think about that definition and you relate it to cancel culture and the potential power it has it could be a powerful thing but 
it could be even more powerful if people decided, you know what, we're going to cancel this person. Or we started talking about this cancel culture when we talked about canceling 4th of July. We're canceling 4th of July. And this is what it means economically, because that's where it hurts people. Doesn't mean we're going to start purchasing if we're canceling Michael Jordan, which we should have did at one point. If we're canceling Jordan, that means everybody stopped Brian Jordan. But guess what? At one point, people were saying cancel Michael Jordan because he wasn't doing enough for the Black community, but those lines were still wrapped around the building. Right. So it's like at the same, at the, we, we can't talk about it and not be about it. Canceling well, people on the internet is not going to do any justice if you're not going to really um, uh, rally behind um, making it hurt, making it matter most where, where it matters. Well, well I even, that's the thing. When you talk about council culture, though, you can't group a whole subset of people together and think that everyone is going to be in line with the canceling of whatever it is. Because like we said, even with Jada, you can make mistakes. You can make honest mistakes where you like, damn, I was in an effed up mindset at this point, And now I'm at a better place. But yet you have council culture that'll go back and find anything from your past to cancel you on and overlook all the good you may have done since then we can look at jimmy fallon we can look at um Hart. look Kevin they Hart. on the emmys hell ellen ellen has been going hard in the paint for black lives matter and you still have people like no we need to cancel ellen cancel her for what Girl, that's a whole nother podcast. Girl, they canceling Ellen because of conspiracy theories and her. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then they had at one point they was canceling her because said she was mean on set. I, I, I just, where do we get back to the fact that we can be human? Yes, I do think in some instances, if you have a doctor who's out there saying, or a teacher that's out there saying, in this, in that. And you're going to have a black student or a black person in your office, then yeah, you need to, you don't need that job. That's not the job for you. So when cancel culture first started, they started with problematic behavior. And in the problematic behavior, some of the things that they talked about was like people who did things that would um, hurt individuals, um, such as being a racist, a sexist, homophobic. Like those were reasons that cancel culture would come in and take over and basically try to dead you. Right. To Kevin Hart. So it, it, it was narrowed down. I think we said a lot about it being a broad um, subject and, but people have made it broad. In the beginning, it was very narrow about what things people could be canceled for and how we went about handling that. Now, on the other, the flip side of that is if a person comes to the table who has genuinely done something, that has done something wrong and then comes to the table and genuinely apologizes and their actions change and you can actually see it, such as someone like Kevin Hart who made certain comments back in 2009, 2010 about his son, he him not want his son to play with dolls and if his son was gay being a lesbian do i have a problem with what kevin hart says i think at the end of the day we have to allow people to be them 
and show them tr their true selves. I don't want a whole bunch of people around me that hide their true feelings and stuff because I want to know who you are. Now, once he was brought out about it and he said what he said, he apologized. 10 years later, should he not be able to host the, the Emmys after he's apologized five, 10, 11 times? I don't agree with that. And I think his attitude about how he interacts with the LGBTQIA community has changed significantly as well. So that goes back to what Tor and you were saying, Shar, about who we're canceling, how we're canceling them, and why it can be ineffective because we could be canceling people too long or for the wrong reason. And so right. that brings me, even when we talk about canceling for someone who, like Kevin Hart, for him saying, I don't want my son to play with dolls, um, you know, or for someone saying, I don't want um, my daughter to date a black man. Is that really something to cancel for or is that literally preference? You know, like, when do we get to a place where we're still remembering that people have the right to make a decision, they have the right to have an opinion, they have a right to voice that opinion. Um, and if it's about, per like, when do we separate personal preference from being quote unquote racist or prejudiced? And I think for some reason, cancel culture has grouped those into the same thing where um, even I remember my girl from um, Jane the Virgin, my love that show. And she was singing a rap song, singing along to a rap song, and it got to the N-word. And she she mouthed it or whatever as she was saying the song. And immediately everyone was like, we have to cancel her. Not that they had seen anything where she has done racist, but it was because she was singing along to the song. So what I ask is like, is are those things that we legit are canceling people for? Or is it it's gotten to the point that like so many people in politics say America has gotten so sensitive that we want everyone to think the same. Right. And I, that's where I'm with, at with it. I think people this day and age have become so sensitive about everything. Do, are there specific times, like my mom used to say, there's a time and a place for everything. And is there a time to call someone out? Absolutely. Is there a time to hold somebody accountable? But the nitpicky situation. So we don't cancel a candidate for president for running around talking about because he got money, he can grab pussies. We don't cancel that. Or he can shoot him in broad daylight and get away with it. Right. Now, Black Twitter may have canceled him, but clearly overall, he was not canceled. And after everything that he continues to do, he still is not fully canceled. They still ain't canceled Kanye. You still got a ton of... Matter of fact, I've seen today how Chance the Rapper is so pro-Kanye. Well, President. Uh, that don't count, you know. <laughs> 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 anyway. That that part, that don't even count. Like, no, we're not counting that. But I think for me, I do agree that, you know, in a lot of ways, it's not about like necessarily becoming too sensitive. I think, you know, social media, you have a lot of just closeted bullies on social media. You have a lot of people who find their balls on social media, so to speak. 
excuse my language, and it's easier for them to get on, on social media uh, with their Twitter fingers and call out people and shame people because some of this is just about shaming people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just makes them feel good about themselves versus the people who, re- like, for, for instance, um, the NFL player, what's his name? Cal Kiero, whatever his name is. Yesterday, you know, the big story was he needs to be canceled because he made a status on Twitter that suggested Jill Scott was unattractive. And let's let's pause real fast because Jill Scott fine as wine. He is. He is very pretty, but does he not get his own opinion about what he likes? And so, but, and so that's the thing. So everybody jumped on him. He deleted his post. And he made a whole long status apologizing to Jill, apologizing to Black Twitter. He didn't mean it that way, et cetera. And everybody went. And even I struggled with how to feel, right? Because I feel like, all right, well, that's his preference. Jill Scott probably don't want him either. But at the same time, it's also what responsibility do certain people have when they have certain platforms? So mm-hmm. if you know a lot of people are following you, you have millions of followers, and you say something like dark-skinned women are not attractive, to me, you hold a certain responsibility as a Black man to just not say certain things. For you know, it's, it's to me, and it may you people may feel like that's too much um, responsibility for one person to take. Everybody has a preference, and it's my social media. But hey. To me, that's just a responsibility you have when you hold those positions. So let me because ask you. Because you're influencing a lot of younger people who may say, just like in the rap music, everybody's rapping about having a yellow bone, a red bone, et cetera, et cetera. And we see that play out. It's not, it's more than words because you see it play out in how lighter skinned women are treated and how are choosing over dark skinned women. If we're going to be completely honest, words do have power the same um analogy if a person of power on social media says well i prefer a darker skinned female versus a light-skinned female will that will that rule still apply see and that's where i think i think it's all in your delivery because if you i think it is not my place or anyone's place to tell a person what they can and cannot prefer so if someone's putting out, I prefer a dark-skinned woman over a light-skinned woman versus dark-skinned women are ugly, those are two different Those are two different approaches. You saying what you personally prefer, that's fine. It's just like, I personally think that's fine. I personally prefer this over that. You have that right as a person, and I think that it shouldn't matter what role you're in if that's your preference of what you prefer. Now, if you're saying something like, I just totally dislike this, you know, this, or I hate them, or I'm not going to work with them, or something like that, then that's a little further, because that's enticing hate. But to say, I have a preference, that's just like, you know, when I was shopping for home, I had a preference of the type of house I wanted. Absolutely. One of the things that I know when I was going over what happened to um Kevin Hart was where they felt like he needed to be canceled is because eight poor LG, LGBT the in the LGBTQIA community we have 
young adults and teenagers who are 8.4 times more likely to commit suicide coming from families that do not accept their lifestyle. And with that number, they felt like because of his, his status, he could then um, a, you know, contribute to the fact that more individuals coming from the LGBT community to commit suicide, including if one day his son got, grew up, was um, a gay male, that he could possibly see the statements that his father said and be a part of this number. So again, with cancel culture, it's supposed to be about when people do things that um, that have the intent to hurt or devastate a particular group or community of people. I mean, we can say the same thing with just the exact conversation we was having against how um, a lot of negative talk from celebrities and, and sports stars with when it comes to dark-skinned women, right? It's the same thing because those same, not the same statistics, but similar statistics when it comes to darker-skinned women they they are real when it comes to hiring, when it comes to perception, um, all of those things. And he's not the first sports prom like he's not even prominent. Like I had to look him up who he was. Like so, he really don't even matter for real, for real. But you've had prominent sports players who have said negative things about darker skinned black women. I can't think of his name, but you have that one um, who actually called. Who is the woman? Uh, can I think of her name from um, Black Panther? And he actually called her ugly. And then he actually apologized for it years later. So it's like, it's the same. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, words have power no matter if it's a preference or not. Your words, little old you or me with our thousand followers and our thousand friends, we're probably not going to be able to influence an entire people to think especially a younger generation, only our followers. When you have people with 500, 10,000, a million followers and they get up on their social media and they decide to say, um, I don't, you know, I prefer not to be friends with the gays um, because, or let's do something applicable. They get up on their social media and they say, I'm canceling Dwayne Wade because he supports his daughter. Then what is that really saying? Mm -hmm. you're influencing entire people to think a certain way and that is your platform and that's something that you know when you get out there you put yourself out on their social media and you in that world and you're prominent and you're a public figure and you actually have that as your tagline on your instagram on your on your um twitter public figure then that means you need to be mindful about what you put on your platform Right. And so you're going to sit there and, and, and while we're on Dwayne Wade, cancel culture cancels Dwayne Wade just because he's been a good father. Right. But then Bootsy, look, we ain't going to get there. But um, that's the thing. Bring it out. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Bootsy, but that's the thing, though, when I even when we go back, I think we have to get to a point where like I've always been a strong believer in this. And this is before we even got to the point of Twitter and all that other um all that other stuff 
back when y'all remember when we had uncut on BT? Yes. So remember, I I ain't gonna lie. What, uh, Nelly saw when he slid the credit card down the butt crack. What was that? Was that tip drill? I believe so. Yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever. I remember back back in the day. And I remember seeing it was like hip hop versus America, something like that, when they were like everybody was bashing these rap um artists about how they portray women on rap videos. And so they brought up, you know, him sliding a credit card down the butt crack. They brought up some other things, some lyrics in the songs and everything like that. And I remember one of the things down that the butt crack. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. If, if they're an official, if they're like a PG term for butt crack that we don't know about, that's why I want to know. <laughs> no, because the butt crack is the PG term. <laughs> I'm just saying. But um, so one of the things I remember hearing on there was, at some point, you have to realize that the training still happens in the home, and so. Um, he talked about, you know, like these women in these videos, he was like, but at the end of the day, if these women didn't want to be in videos, we wouldn't have them. He was like, if I had a woman that was fully clothed in a turtleneck on there, just standing there, y'all wouldn't watch my videos. They would set sales. I'm giving you what you said sales and what you say, um, that you want to see. So even when I look at things like that, I do think that while the words of actors, actresses, and these public figures are powerful. At the same time, I want to make sure that I'm raising my kids to understand that when you go out into the world, everybody in the world not going to like you. Mm-hmm. They're just not. It would be impossible to have, it, if we're being honest, everybody in your family not even going to like you. Everybody in the circle that you call friends ain't even going to like you. You're going to learn about that. Tribe, like you like your self sometimes. Right. You're you going to learn about that. Everybody that say they for you ain't going to be for you. But at the end of the day, what is in your mental? What have you been raised to understand? Or what have you learned to understand that you validate yourself? And I think when we get to the point of that, we'll realize it ain't so much what people call us, it's what we answer to. Right. And because I, I think when we go out and we start saying, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this. And we got a man up there in the White House who's saying anything and everything. We turn around and allow him to get reelected because people are fearful that they're losing their voice. They're losing their ability to be able to be funny as a comedian, to be able to um, sing along to songs, to be able to um, have a vulnerable moment, to be able to make a mistake. And so you have a person who's saying, no, I'm okay with y'all being human. And then you have a group of people that are saying, but you can't be human. You know, like we, we're redefining what it means to be human. And we're saying human has to come without mistakes. When really, if we look at into half of us, which we all done said some shit. Oh, sorry. We've all done said some stuff. That be unapologetic. <laughs> we've all said some stuff. That we don't know, you know, we may have looked back and be like, dang, what what was I thinking back then? Or we've all done been on the side of, you know, the bad side where we may have treated someone badly or we may have done X, Y, and Z, but what have we learned from that? And I think that's what we have to go back to. What have you learned from that situation? Now, with that, when you jump into what Bootsy is doing, and I remember I called y'all about this because it ticked me off. I see... 
black Twitter attacking Dwayne Wade for being an unapologetic father, for being a family man, and for loving his daughter. And then you have Bootsy, who on there, on live on Instagram, having girls get on there, shake their tail, play with their private, um, perform whatever on live for a couple of dollars. You had him buying prostitutes and, and strippers for his kids for their birthday and all this stuff like that. But that's okay. We 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 want that. That's the kind of father we want for our, our son. But let's not forget Young M.A. or Young Mom. She was doing the same thing. Now, not for her children. Not for her children. She doesn't have children, or not for young kids. But she was paying women to get on live during the COVID shutdown and shake, shake until they couldn't shake no more, and paying substantial amounts of money out to women for doing so. Where is this coming from? And I think, you know, this is this is going into another topic, but I think that's when you start stepping into the realms of feminism. And so, so I look at it twofold. You have one group that's this big um, feminist movement that's saying that I'm empowered. I can do what I want with my body. You know, the, the, the um, birth of OnlyFans. You know, you have people, now I'm seeing, though, that people are using OnlyFans for more than just sex or more than just, you know, um, showing their body or whatever. You have people on there that's legit giving out. Like one guy um, I follow created an OnlyFans to give out how he's made millions on YouTube. I ain't gonna lie, I thought about subscribing. But, um, but then you have also the other group of women who are doing this because literally they have no self-respect for themselves. They they don't know how to self-love. They don't know that it's, you know, that this can come back to haunt them. They don't know that it's more to life than going viral. And I think we're in a society where everyone wants to go viral. Everyone wants a quick way to make money. We're, we're living in a microwave society. And so when you think about microwave society paired with cancel culture, that's a recipe for disaster. Recipe for disaster. And the um, video was tip drill. And Shara, that's who you were trying to figure out earlier. That was Lupita. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. And she gorgeous too. Yes, very pretty grown woman. She's definitely a woman. So I, I just think that we have gotten, well, not even thinking, but know that we have to as a culture. And I think we talked about this during the blackout, um, blackout days, what day it was going to be on, what we were going to be posting, how we were supposed to be posting, that we have to, as Black people, as Black women, come up with one message. And we and once a strategic planning session about what we want as black people what we're going to accept what is our end goal and things that we do and execute the strategic planning session because that's how we are never everybody's never on one accord and of course we all know that you're not going to be able to get everybody on the page, but if we get the mass majority to stay 
on task with the needs of our community and the desires of our hearts, we have the ability as a people to get everything that is owed to us and everything that we deserve. And so often we hear when we talk about Black people, this whole crab in a bucket mentality, even amongst Black women that have rose to, you know, a high status or whatever position that then there becomes this crab in a bucket mentality or either I'm going to suppress and oppress you where you can't reach my level. We have to come together as a people, hold our hold certain people accountable, and at the same time, all be on the same message and on the same page so that we can accomplish. One of the biggest things that we know that the white man fears is for us to get on the same page. And if we get on the same page, we have the power to take back what was stolen from us. That's our minds, our bodies, our history. And to resurrect our ancestors in a way that we have never seen seen before. So even when it comes, like we talked about, like we've been talking about with cancel culture, this is just one more thing that we need to streamline to a certain extent that way we are delivering the right message and we have a zero tolerance policy on things that affect us and our communities and us as black women that we will not tolerate. So I was just was looking over some people just over the past so months that have been canceled, right? And I'm looking at just getting an idea of who may have canceled them because I know, again, like we said at the beginning, um, this is created by Black Twitter. But one of the people, like, big time that comes to mind, do y'all remember um, Snoop Dogg and Gayle King? Girl, who can forget? Yes. So now, I I personally feel like Gail King has gotten a lot of passes. Um, but this one particular when she and and this is where I talk about when people bring up people's past when I feel like sometimes the people it ha- when the people it has affected have moved on. When is it time for us? as in the rest of society to move on. So when Gail King um, decided to speak on Kobe Bryant and, you know, the allegations that had happened previously, but she decided to speak on it at the time when we had just found out that he was killed. It was too soon. Um, and, And not even too soon was it even necessary. Well, this is the thing. I'm not going to say that it's, it wasn't necessary, necessarily not necessary. Um, he was never convicted is one thing. All charges against him were dropped. Um, a lot of that has to do with, um, I, I, don't, I can't say that anybody got paid off or anything. But sometimes if you, I don't, and I was not there. I don't know if it really happened. I'm not saying that he did this by any means. I'm just saying if we go past Kobe in this particular situation and deal with any person, 
because a person has moved on, whether it was because they were financially paid off so that the situation can go away, or if, you know, they've just dealt with their healing that was necessary for them, we still have to hold to a certain extent, depending on people's actions, like we talked about earlier, did the actions of the person, can you genuinely see a change where it's not happening repeatedly after the fact? With Kobe, that wasn't the situation. But with other people, we don't want to give them the illusion that that's okay. But again, where is it that it was something that was even valid to talk about? Because at this point, it had been a multitude of years. The woman who was alleged that it happened or that it happened with or whatever the case may be, had not spoken about it. She did not say, oh, I want to bring this up. She didn't say anything. And I think that's where, as a culture, we have to be careful because a lot of times we're going out here scratching up wounds and reopening wounds that's not necessary. And we're not forget we're forgetting about the people who actually had to endure it. And when we do that, we're we're inserting ourselves in situations that we don't need to be inserted in. It'll be different if they're coming out asking for help. So had he died or previously before he died and you had a multitude of women coming forward saying he's done this to me he did this he did this he did this then i could understand the conversation however for all i know you've only had this one person ever to say anything ever and he's gone a multitude of years without any allegations without anything and you decide when he has been killed with his daughter to bring up his past not all the good he's done not the fact that he's um retired and and doing things with his daughter not the fact that he was a good father not the fact that he even died with his daughter but you bring up an allegation from years ago that he wasn't even convicted of and I think in that sense I personally felt like was it necessary for people to call for Snoop to apologize or to be canceled because I don't think it was necessary at all I think you know when it comes to that situation it was completely uncalled for I think the fact that Snoop apologized um you know he said his mama made him do it which I thought was cute <laughs> but you know again I think it, but this is where lines do blur because the way you said this yourself to her earlier, sometimes it's the way you do it. The way Snoop did it, right? He came off very harsh and very hardcore. So maybe that was the thing. You know, I think doesn't mean because we disagree with Gail that she should be called the name by a black man and in the in the way that he you know so we got to think about that it's it's kind of like the same thing with Oprah you know Oprah pissed me off because I she made the documentary on Michael Jackson I don't understand why years after all of that had happened the man is dead and gone we have sexual predators in Hollywood who are still alive who were people were coming out right Weinstein Let's call his name out, Weinstein. 
who you could have interviewed people. And if you're going to spend all that money and you're going to use your platform for something, why not use it to interview all of those women who came out against Weinstein and said, this is what I have endured because of this man who is alive and use your platform toward that. I think one of the things, so this is where well, I thought you was going to talk about canceling Oprah with something else, but this is where I felt like she could have done both. And the only reason I say both is because Michael Jackson's alleged victims are still alive and they were talking, you know, they were like, this is what happened to me. This is, you know, this is X, Y, Z. This is how it played out. This, this, and this, and this. And I felt like in that sense, when you have the actual victims there, it may, it's like almost like you're giving them a platform to tell their story. The difference where I felt like Oprah and Gail were so different is that Gail didn't have the alleged victim there. You know, she didn't have this woman speaking out. This woman wasn't tweeting crazy stuff. This woman wasn't going writing books or, or you know, going live saying I'm, you know, whatever the case may be. She didn't reopen that wound. And I think that's where Oprah and Gail were different in my eyes because I never watched the documentary, but from what I was reading is that those guys, um, those alleged victims, came forward and was like, hey, I want to have this conversation. This is what I want to happen. I want to be interviewed. I want this and that and this and that. Versus Gail, who just took, I feel like a lot of times she just takes the opportunity to do whatever that gets her um, the views that's necessary. I mean, because we think about when even when she did the R. Kelly thing and how calm she was <laughs> when he was acting the fool. And how viral that went. I think um, a lot of times she takes the opportunity at a time. But um, I don't necessarily think that Oprah should not have interviewed those individuals. But I also think she had the very opportunity to also talk about her friend, who was Weinstein, as well as some of the other guys. I mean, we even had pictures of her with Trump. When we talk about, you have the ability to talk about a numerous amount of people in Hollywood that you are friends with who are predators. But I think that's where that was the issue that Snoop had and that Black Twitter had with Gail when it comes to Oprah. Their issue is the fact that they take the opportunity at times and it can be perceived and sometimes even proven that they take and go the extra mile to pull out the negatives of Black men versus the white culture, which so loves them and adores them and pays them, versus taking that same energy and time to protect the Black man. Okay, because well, she, I don't, I don't think you need to protect the predator. He even made comments. Well, I'm not talking about protecting the predator. We're talking about what we started out with, what their what their issues were. So I'm not saying protect them, but if you're not going to do the same thing over here, and there is no gray area, but as black woman, we as black as a black society, 
we have to stop allowing the white white society to use us against our own people. Now, granted, I get it. They're predators. They have done things that are not, that are immoral, indecent and all that stuff. But when you go back to the situation that we used with Kobe, it was unnecessary. And it was, that should not have been her place. That should have not been her role. And to even ask the question, even if that was a question that the producers put on her, on, the, on her paperwork for as one of the questions that she needed to ask, it was her responsibility to be able to ask that question out. Now, what I will say in protecting the Black woman at the same time is so many times Black women are expected to take care of or to protect the Black man. And we are all left at times as Black women left to protect ourselves. So that's the overall issue with, I think, Gail and Oprah. People wouldn't feel the same way if they inserted the same, exerted the same amount of energy into bringing out their white counterparts that they do their Black counterparts. Again, I think I'm not necessarily against them talking about real issues, no matter the race. Like, I I think it's necessary, for instance, I feel like if your platform and you have the ability to reach masses who are Black and you recognize the issue within the Black community, you should be able to talk about that. And I feel like a lot of times we're moving to a place where we think that we can't hold the Black community accountable as if black people are not supposed to hold their own accountable. And that's not okay. I don't believe that. I believe that if anybody should hold their own people accountable, it should be the people within that community. Me personally. What I do think, so. Everybody accountable. Yes. However, it's just like if I'm in my, if I'm outside and my kids are outside playing and it's some neighborhood kids, I'm going to get on my kids first because those are my responsibility. Those are the people that I feel like I'm closest to to hold accountable, and then I'm going to venture out to the rest of the kids. But I connect, but I, I'm black at the end of the day. Like, I'm, I'm a black woman. And so I know at the end of the day, the people that I want to see succeed, the people that I want to know that I love them unconditionally are my black brothers and sisters. Yes, I love everyone. And I want to make sure my black brothers and sisters understand that I love them and I'm willing to hold them accountable because accountability goes hand in hand with love. I'm not going to let you go out here doing willy nilly stuff and not think that I don't have the ability to check you. Again, my difference between Oprah and Gail still even, and I'm not even talking about, I'm specifically talking about Gail with um, Kobe because I felt like Gail with R. Kelly I personally think that was necessary. I, again, I did not watch the documentaries in full with her, uh, with R. Kelly and the survivors and the survivor R. Kelly, because that's a touchy topic for me as a survivor. So I just wasn't prepared to watch that. But I do, I will say that I'm always pro giving a platform to victims to people who had to survive predators 
to people who experience some kind of sexual assault or some kind of assault in general. I am pro giving a platform to those individuals. And um, I personally think that we have we have to get we have to move to a place where we stop saying that, oh no, we shouldn't talk about this person because of their race. Because I think that's what the opposite does as well. And at some point we have to have somebody that says, nah, 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 nah. We're going to talk about both. We're going to talk about whoever, because this is what they're doing. And at the end of the day, I am thankful that there was enough people that stood up and um, came out and spoke out about Weinstein to the point that he could get um, convicted of his crimes. You have a lot of people that feel like um, Michael Jackson, who I love his music and everything, a lot of people feel like he got off because of his name. Um, you even have people within the black community at the time that felt like he got off because he did not, quote unquote, look black. Um, so you, I mean, I think you, depending on the time and everything like that, you, I still remember where I was when his, um, when they read uh, his results, the results of his um, trial, I was in Walmart. But I think you're going to get both no matter which way you go. I think there's no pleasing everyone. Um, Somebody has to report it. Well, I don't think that there's ever anything wrong with holding um, us as a people accountable. Again, I still think that there's a time and a place for everything. And there's a way, again, that you can go about um, handling certain situations. If I see you as my friend, as my sister, as my tribe, um, as a part of my tribe. If I see you doing something wrong and we're on the same level or something that I don't agree with, I'm not gonna go out in front of the same people that don't, that don't deal with us, that don't care anything about us and shame you or call you out because of what you did. And this goes beyond being a predator. This is just talking about being a sister, being a brother, brother and sister's keeper. I'm, I'm going to have that conversation with you and say, hey, Tori, you know, what you did earlier, I don't think that that was the right move or I didn't agree with it. I didn't like it. I didn't appreciate it. These can be conversations that we have together to help move one-on-one that will help us move in the next direction. And I think, again, going back to cancel culture and just how we do certain things, again, we need to think about the process and how we do it to make it work the most effectively. So if you do certain things, even with your kids, if you punish them a certain way, you're going to learn over time that, okay, that punishment doesn't work because they're not going to get it. It doesn't resonate with them the same way as if I do this. So that, that takes a process, a learning process. So then once we get to our processes and to our strategic planning where we all get on one accord, I think that we're going to be a lot better off. And I think that cancel culture will be proven to be a great culture to have when done correctly. Well, 
I think um, that we've done a lot of talking about cancel uh, culture. We have, you know, of course, as any other topic, we have various um, opinions when it comes to cancel culture, who should or shouldn't be canceled, um, what accountability looks like. Can someone be canceled for a time or for forever? Do we believe that actions have consequences? And I think that that's something, if you take anything else from tonight's talk, I think take this, for every action, there's a reaction. And I think for anything you do, you have to make sure you're prepared for that possible reaction. Can you agree with that, lady? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, so I think no matter where you are, if you have five followers, no followers, a million followers, you have to be prepared for what comes with the action that you take. With that said, we are going to continue the conversation talking about, so we talked a little bit about predatory behavior and we're going to continue that conversation over into our live on, um, July 25th at 8 p.m. on Facebook. Which is the day before my friend Tori's birthday. Woo-hoo! 30. Hey. Hey. It's going to be a party. Yes, honey. So grab your wine, your liquor, your water. If you don't drink, I ain't judging you. Um, Grab, you know, whatever. Meet us at the table. We will be live on July 25th at 8 p.m. We will continue the conversation talking about predators, talking about um, just basically the trauma that it has, how it impacts women, how it may have impacted us. Uh, We're just going to have, you know, continue the raw conversation. So, And we would like to encourage you all to, if you bring your wine to the live We want to encourage you to find a Black-owned wine company and support them and drink Black wine. Yes. Shakina, what's the wine that we're drinking? So it is Black Girl Magic. You can get it at Total Wine. Just Google it and they can tell you where you can get it at from a store near you. Let's talk about how we feel about it. Um, They have different collections of wine um different flavors and tastes so let's get into this black girl magic wine because you know we are already black women and what we magical baby (laughs) so be on the lookout we will be showcasing our new shirts that we're super excited about they will be for sale so make sure you come and see those and if you like them so much which we know you will you can order one Make sure you subscribe to our Instagram on channel at the Black Woman Reborn, the Facebook at the Black Woman Reborn, as well as our Spotify and Podbean at the Black Woman Reborn. We post every first and third Friday of the month on Podbean and Spotify. You can catch us live on Facebook every last Saturday of the month at 8 p.m. Until next time. See you at the next tribe meeting. It's a